virus or political unrest or wars in different countries and whatever the case is, just remember, this world is not our home. We're bound for a better land. And that's what this song is going to talk about. On Jordan's Stormy Banks.
invite you to <clears throat> turn in your Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes this morning for our scripture reading. One single verse, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. The conclusion when all has been heard is this. Revere God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person. morning and happy Sabbath. It's been a busy week for me, but a blessed one. And I pray that it has been a busy or if it hasn't, I hope it has been a blessed one for you. You know, it's interesting because I think it was about uh, uh, three weeks ago, uh, we had this I, was it maybe a month ago already, four weeks ago, we had snow? I said, okay, this is, it's time to put away the shorts and all that, short sleeves and, and get the jackets out. And comes this week around, I'm like, wait, what's going on here? <laughs> what's going on? Uh, you know, as I visited and I continue to visit, uh, everyone's like, wait for winter. I'm like, it's November already. What's, what's going on? I hear it's an Indian summer, so we'll see, right? But I'm glad it's warm. I hope you've enjoyed the weather. It sure feels good to feel 72 weather in November. And uh, before I forget, uh, Jasmine also sends greetings to all of you. She wishes she could be here, and trust me, I wish I, she could be here too. <laughs> but today, God, I, I believe God has a word for us. And thank you for that beautiful song, Matthew. You know, we're bound to a heavenly home. And as I, you know, like he was saying, the turmoil, the chaos, what we see around the world, our communities, I want to go home. The Bible says this is not our home. Turn to your Bibles, to Ecclesiastes. If you're there, uh, bear with me. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. I believe God, I believe what Solomon wrote a thousand, you know, over a thousand years ago applies for us today, this morning, more than ever. But before, let us pray. Father in heaven, Lord, send your spirit with power, Lord. Anoint my lips. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, in, in preaching classes, they tell us always to preach about current events. And I had already scheduled a series of sermons about the Holy Spirit. And I will talk a little bit about it. But I cannot ignore what is going around our country. As I stand here today, there are many who are frustrated and some are happy. There are some out of... Some who are confused due to the outcome of these elections. Yet others are delighted in the outcome. Some are feeling fearful, yet others are feeling grateful, and some are feeling disappointed 
and others are feeling hopeful. As I see our nation is divided, and as I look around our church and as I go to seminars of the, you know, that pastors are given, I see a common trend in our church, perhaps not this church, but in our church, and it worries me. Because what we see out there in our communities, in our nation, we see also in our church. And this morning, I want to point us, and as, as, as I prayed and I talked to God, you know, I, I had struggles like, Lord, what do you want me to preach this morning? And I saw God leading me to Ecclesiastes, and what better book, what better person to tell us the conclusion of the matter? You see, it's interesting, if you have not read the book of Ecclesiastes, I would encourage you to do it because it's a very interesting book. You see, it begins by this statement that all is vanity. A man who had asked for, at the beginning of his reign, as he became king and he saw this nation and he feared because he wanted to be or even be better than his father was. His father was love. King David. And he tells God, we see in the books of 1 King and 2 Kings, that he goes and he says, Lord, all I want is for wisdom. He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for glory. He asked for one thing, and God saw it, and he said, I will give it to you. He didn't sought wisdom for himself, but to govern God's And so like that, we know what happened to him. He, he became so wise that he went astray, and what a sad moment it was for his life. And Ecclesiastes is written, you see, Proverbs, when we read Proverbs, and, and by the way, I would encourage if you read Ecclesiastes, read them together. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job, because they all talk about the same thing. And so we read about Ecclesiastes and Songs of Solomon, and we get to, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Proverbs and, and Songs of Solomon, and you read Ecclesiastes, you see the Songs of Solomon and Proverbs are alike, but then you have this totally different book written by the same author. But why? Because a little bit of context, uh, Songs of Solomon and Proverbs was written at, a, at an earlier time when he was faithful to God and nothing, ever, nothing of the bad had happened to him yet. And here we see an a, a elderly man close to his death writing his conclusion of his life. You see, it was custom that, that, that a king in those days would gather the congregation, his, his, his nation, and he would speak out to them the wisdom that God had given him for the year or, or for the day or for any situation that had been going on. And so we see Ecclesiastes, the, 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 the book in itself, Ecclesiastes means the preacher. And here goes a preacher who's lived life. Who in the book we see that he says that everything that his heart desired, he went for it. Whether it be good or whether it be bad. He lived close with God, but he also lived far from God. And as I look at our nation, and as, as I... As, as I even talk with friends. I mean, this political issue has entered our church. 
but we ought to represent God. The Bible says, according to, 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 to the book of Peter's, we are a holy nation. And so this morning, I want to refocus our attention, because that's what God was doing this, this week for, for me. Refocus on our attention to what is priority. At the conclusion, the Bible says in chapter uh, 12 of Ecclesiastes, let us hear the conclusion of the matter. You see, it's interesting because what we're going, what we're going through right now, the, even, you know, even he says it, nothing is new under the sun. You see, a, a history a teacher would always tell me history repeats itself, not in the same form, but in a different manner. And while the, the world is divided in, in, the, in ideology and philosophy, we, we must not reflect the world. For the Bible tells us that this, that, that this world will pass away, but he who does the will of the Father abides forever. And so this morning, instead of looking at the political turmoil that our nation is facing, instead of participating in heated debates, let's look at what Solomon's conclusions were. Let us hear the conclusions of the matter. Fear what? Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is man's all. In the same book, he said there was there's seasons for everything. I mean, he lived the life and he saw the ups and the, and the downs. And at the end of the day, in other words, he's saying, if, if, if you have not heard anything that I've just told you as, as, I, as I spoke, remember only this. Hear this. That the most important thing for us to do is to fear God and keep his commandments. But you know, I, I began with saying, I, I, it worries me. And, and, and because the more I read the Bible, the, the more I study what prophecy is, the more I, I realize with, with the help of, of the Holy Spirit that, that the Bible tells us that we are a sleeping church. Our relationship with God has been that of just an image, but not a reality. And has happened in my life. See, Revelation chapter 3, and when we preach this, you see, we, we have an advantage that many have, do, do not outside of the world, and that we have present truth. And because we've been spoiled in knowledge and in wisdom because Solomon was spoiled in knowledge and wisdom. We forget the basics of the gospel. What is the basic? Having a relationship with Christ. And so this is why Solomon concludes, fear God and keep his commandments. 
The Bible, turn, to your, to, 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 turn to your Bibles to Revelation chapter 14, because this phrase, you see, if verse 14 says, For God will bring every work into what? Into judgment. He is telling his, his, his hearers, listen, listen up. This is important, to fear God and keep his commandments, because there is a judgment to come. And so we're living and we preach that we're living in, our, in the last days. And, and so we believe it so. And so we see in the book of Revelation chapter 14. You see, this is the greatest message that we need to start preaching. We need to refocus our mind. And instead of joining the world, we ought to be different from the world. And what take and what what brings us apart from the world? It's what's found in Revelation chapter fourteen. We know this. This is we 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 know from from Seventh Day Adventist history. Our pioneers, William Miller, he preached it with power, but yet that power has diminished because we have failed to ask for that power. Revelation chapter fourteen. Verse 6, talking about the first angel. Then I saw another angel. John is seeing this vision that is taking place. I saw another angel. An angel in the Bible means a messenger. So in other words, I saw a messenger flying in the midst of heaven. Having what? The everlasting gospel. To do what? To preach to those who dwell on the earth. To every nation. To every tribe. Tongue and people. As a church, and when I say as a church, when I name the church, I, I, I'm talking about as a whole, our, our, our church in, the, in, the, in, in, in America and all over the world, we have missed this mark. We have stopped preaching about the everlasting gospel, and we have more dwelled and, and debated about what is taking, in the wor- what's taking place in the world. And when we see the movement rising up from all our pioneers, they were part of the world, but they were preaching a message for their time and their season. And that is what attracted individuals to the church. We see even in Jesus, and when I read uh, HMS Richards, one of our greatest preachers that the church has had, he said the reason why Jesus was affected in his preaching was because he was preaching present truth. And we as a church have stopped preaching living present truth. It's happened in my life. We are reflecting the world. But God doesn't stop there. You see, Romans, I, I, I believe this book is connected, uh, 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 this verse that we're going to read. Turn to your book, turn to your Bibles, I'm sorry, to the book of Romans, uh, chapter 16. We're talking about the everlasting gospel. We'll get to fearing God and keeping his commandments. Uh, Romans chapter 1. Paul one of my favorite authors, and, and one of my favorite verses that I, I love of Romans, and, and I would suggest another book, if you really want to experience God's righteousness, God's faithfulness, read book, the book of Romans. 
the book of Romans chapter 16. We're talking about the everlasting gospel. Let's see how the everlast, what is the everlasting gospel. Chapter, uh, chapter 1 verse 16 of Romans. For I, says Paul, I'm not ashamed of what? The gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. For just a few, it says, for everyone who does what? Who believes for first the Jew and then the, and then the Greek. You see, the everlasting gospel, we see in Revelation chapter 14 that this, that this angel, this message is going forth in, into the world. What is this message? The message of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, who has been crucified and has given, has given his life for you and I for the remissions, for, for, for our, our redemption. But there is a but. For those who believe in that power. You know, it's maybe you have heard it many times, but the Greek here with the word power, it's dynamos. We get the word dynamite from it. And see, what Paul was saying, we have to understand the context. Paul was a persecutor of, the, of those who believed in Jesus. I mean, he was a radical for his time. He faithfully served God in what he believed was true. And then on the road to Damascus, we, we find out that, that Jesus speaks to him. And he says, why are you persecuting me? And he has a turnaround. He has a, 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 one, a 180 into his life. And so he himself has experienced this power. Power, and therefore, he himself can, can, can preach it with power. But we have lost that power. We, we, we have been uh, accustomed. And we like, we've become comfortable in our walk with Jesus Christ. I know I have. We limit ourselves, we, 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 we say, okay, we, we put the parameters to God of how we will live our Christian life. Where is the power in our church? Where is it? Well, the Bible t- t- tells us, chapter 3 of Revelation, we are the Laodicea. But I thank God because God doesn't leave it there. You see, God sees us. And, he, and, he, and the Bible, Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, Yet while we were sinners, he came and saved us. Praise God for that. And, and, and knowing that we would be a church, that, that, that we would think we would be rich, he says, and he invites us in chapter 3 of Revelation, come to me and ask, so I can go ahead. Let's, let's, let's turn to chapter 3 of Revelation. Chapter 3 of Revelation. And we're looking at verses...
Let's, 14. I love it. God is a, a relational God. He's always asking us. He's always looking for us because we know, because he knows that the, in it or ourselves, we cannot do things. We always turn to those, that, those things that we, we don't want to do. And so in verse 18, he says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire, that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see, praise God. Praise God because knowing our situation, seeing our heart, seeing our comfortability, God says, come to me. And so church, I, I am Letting you know this morning that God is asking us to come to Him. Because while life at times is uncontrollable, we serve a God who is in control of it all. God wants to give us hope in the context of a disoriented world. And so we must take advantage of the situation at hand. And as we see the division, the injustice, the evil around us, we must, with God's help, fulfill our duty as sons and daughters of God. And according to Ecclesiastes, our duty as a whole is to fear God and keep His commandments. But this power must be a power that we experiment. This power that the everlasting gospel brings must be a power that is demonstrated to those around us. And I ask you today to search your hearts, to to, to ask God to come in your heart and ask God, have I experienced the power of the everlasting gospel? I asked myself that uh, all this week. Lord, Have I surrendered myself all to you? You see, the Bible in Ecclesiastes says to fear God. And in Revelation, if you go back to Revelation chapter 14, the angel's mess, the first angel's message does not stop there. It says, verse 7, after he's saying that this everlasting gospel is to be preached all over the world, verse 7 says, saying with a loud voice, fear God. And give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment has come. This is present truth, brothers and sisters. This is the message of the Lord for our time. But what does it mean to fear God? A little closer study, we know that in Proverbs, it tells us that the fear of God is to do what? To hate evil. But, But a little further, you see, to fear God is to take him seriously and acknowledge him for who he is. And it implies respect and reverence for God. It denotes a right relationship with him and a full surrender to his will. And it results always in right doing. And as I studied and as I learned this, I saw that I'm far, far from it. 
I saw that I need help from God. And today, if you need help from God, I want to tell you what God also told me in his scripture. Because there is hope. Because at the end of Revelation chapter 14, well, at at least at the end of of, of these messages, three angels' message, these messages, when preached fully with power, they result in something. Verse 14 tells us of chapter 14. Then I looked and behold a white cloud, and on that cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. You see, when these messages are to go out, preach with power, the second coming of God will be near. I didn't hear an amen. Well, I heard one or two. Do we want to keep living in this world? Look around. Turn your TV on. See what's going on. But what are we doing as a church? You see, Solomon knew it. He knew what to do. That at the end of his days, he said, I am going to teach them what God has told me or God, what, what God has taught me. And he says, hear, hear the conclusion of the matter. And so the Bible also tells us in the book of Romans that in chapter, I, I believe is in chapter 8. And if I'm not, I'm sorry, I, I wasn't expecting to say this verse. He says, how will they believe if they have nowhere to be nowhere to hear or someone to tell them and i saw that verse and i, I and, and that verse popped into my head paul saw i mean sorry solomon he told the congregation in his days to hear the conclusion of the matter what are we going to do as a church as individuals Knowing that we have present truth. Knowing that we have a world, a community out there, divided. We ought to bring the good news of the everlasting gospel. But what are we doing if they cannot hear us go and show them? Because the way we wake up from our slumber, the way we wake up from from our our, our sleep or our comfortability is when God places us in uncomfortable situations. And so I challenge you, each and one of you, to pray to God, Lord, bring me that one person you want me to bring the good news to. Because it's one by one that this world will be won through Christ. It is our duty to reach out to those who are lost. Solomon said hear, but he also says to keep. He also says to fear, and to fear is to recognize who Jesus is, who God of the the heavens is, the the creator of, of earth, who he is in your life. It denotes Respect, it denotes a relationship with Christ. And so I ask you today, as I ask God, Lord, 
is my relationship with you the way you want it? We're living on unprecedented times. God is is getting ready to prepare his people because he does not want anyone to be lost, but to all to be saved. And instead of joining the world in this chaos and in this, this political philosophy ideology, let's focus on what matters, and it is winning souls for the kingdom of God. Because if we see the big picture, those who are fighting out there, they're brothers and sisters. And if God has given us this, this present truth, like Solomon did. He presented to the congregation and he said, listen, one thing only and one thing only matters in, humans, in the human life. It is to fear God and keep his commandments. And we get a more clear understanding of what that is in Revelation. It's to fear God and give him glory. That is the message that this world needs today. And so my calling for you this morning, I want to be a part of those individuals because Revelation chapter 18 tells us that there's also a fourth angel that comes in the midst of heaven and it illuminates the entire world. When you get a little closer look of what that means in Bible prophecy is that God will pour his spirit like in the days of Pentecost. I want to be one of those individuals who has many, many stars, not because I want to show off in heaven, but because I want to tell others about what Christ has done in my life. And as we hear our co-workers, our friends, or even families debating and thinking and, and being fearful Let's point them to what matters, and is to fear God and give Him glory. I want that this morning. I want to live a life that reflects His character. I want to be filled with His Spirit. I want a church that moves mountains with their faith. And God wants a people wholly consecrated to His calling. I believe that This is also your will. And so remember, the whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. Because as we fully surrender to God, they go hand in hand, giving God, fearing God and giving him glory. Go in hand. Because when we fear God, when we fully surrender to God, automatically we start obeying. I pray that we don't forget what priority is now more than ever. And I pray that we as a church unite in unity and reach out to our community and point them to Christ. I'll leave you with this. Without the Spirit of God, we can't do anything. The last time I spoke here, I said, That Jesus in Luke 11 tells us, ask, knock, and seek. I'm still doing that. And I pray you all are still doing that. 
God is willing to pour his spirit out to each and one of us. The story goes is that the young man was learning about the Holy Spirit and he is probably five days, ten days in and is still asking for the Holy Spirit and he has no answer. He feels like there is no answer coming from God. And he approaches one of his mentors and he said, he's frustrated. I am, I am going and I am claiming God's promise and I am telling God to give me his spirit. I mean, that's what the Bible says. And the mentor chuckling and, you know, smiling, looking at the young man because he had gone through that same experience. Says, I'm going to ask you a question. Said, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I'm doing everything, you know, the Bible tells me. And he said, well, let's see. Depending on this question, we will know the truth. And he told the young men, have you fully surrendered? And the young man startled. He said, I never thought about before asking for the Spirit to fully surrender. This morning, in order to receive the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, that we must fully surrender in order to receive the biggest gift that God has given humanity. I want this. And as I pray, I pray that you may also talk to God and seek for his help because he's there with wide, wide arms open waiting to pour his spirit. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we're living in the greatest time of Earth's history. There's chaos, there's turmoil, there, there is things that we do not like seeing around us. But Lord, this world is coming to an end. And Lord, it is our responsibility because you have shown us the great immense love that you have for us. Lord, help us reach others with the beautiful message that came to our hearts and mind. But Lord, we pray that we fully surrender to you. Sometimes it is hard. We don't want to let go of things. We don't want to let go of sin. We, we, we like what we have now, and we don't want to live a life of, of, of uncomfortability. But Father, help us and teach us what it means to do your will and not mine. Pour your spirit with power in each and one of our hearts and mind so that together we can preach this everlasting gospel and tell others that this judgment to come is not for us, but if, if it's those who sadly reject his calling. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.